0: Okay then, Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up, <laughs> Witchbuster Extraordinaire? Love that guy, Luke Lipinski. Yay, Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. DJ
1: Calvin, we All I do is win, win, win. No matter what, I got money on my mind. I can never get Enough. And Everybody
2: hands go ben Johnson, a three. Suzanne is seven. He has 29. And they stay there. Oh, and they say yeah. Here it comes now. Up, down, 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 down. Gotta get the up-down in there.
0: Sarah's reaction is always the best. We yeah,
2: I know.
1: Sarah like going to take that. Circle to Richie, tease it up. He scores!
2: The coyotes on fire, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that right, Bear? Put them all And this time, Minnesota
1: will say, okay, it's over. And this one is over. And they stay there. Yeah. And they stay there. And they stay okay,
2: there. All right, I'm ahead of the up/down right now. Yes. It just feels good. Somebody grab your best girl and go ahead now dance floor. He's got the <laughs> empty net in front of him.
1: He scores! Clean as a whistle
2: as a pull out my bad dancing. There's nothing wrong with that because all you do is win. Even with your bad dancing, Luke. I mean, you don't
0: know that I'm a bad dancer. I just and am.
2: A bad the Suns have come up with
1: another victory, their sixth of the year, as they down Minnesota.
2: And they stay down! And they say down! This is the way you want to start every show. Up, down. I missed it. The up, down. That's when you know you're on it, when you hit the up, down. How are you feeling right now, Lou? I feel a lot better now. This hard-working,
1: gutsy effort by the Arizona Coyotes, and they're rewarded tonight against the Florida Panthers.
2: They just said
0: it best. Just win, baby, win. <laughs> yeah, you know, they played that during. Uh, I think they were coming back from break during the Cardinals Vikings game the other day, and they were playing that song.
1: And I was like, "Turn the first Chris Paul out on top. Towns trying to play him defensively. Paul backs
2: away for three and knocks it down. Suzanne, and they stay there! Okay, I'm doing it because I'm going to get the up down. Oh, I missed it. I was too early. There you go, up down. Okay. Everyone just calmed down right now, but uh, once again, that's all the Suns seem to do, and even the Coyotes scrapping away right now. It's nice to see
0: it. Hey, you know, I didn't get to thank him in person last night. We can thank him on the air today, but uh, Bear's going to join us. Coyotes head Coach Andre Turney at 1.30. Yeah. They are 3-0 and in games leading into our weekly interview with Bear <laughs> this season. <laughs> so,
2: I love that for that dude, man. He and I think an awful lot alike. I love that for us.
0: If you're going to come on the show, how about you win before you come on the show? It it conveys a completely different tone to the interview.
2: Yeah, because then we can talk about culture, man, and just how important it is and the toughness of culture and what it's like to win. It's beautiful. Uh, The Phoenix Suns don't lose, they've now
0: won five in a row, they're six and one. If not for Damian Lillard putting up 41 and saying something to DeAndre Ayton at the free-throw line, they might be 7-0, and Wolf. They lost by 2 in overtime, the one game they've lost. And their next two games are Portland and Portland. So if you want some vengeance on the only team that's beaten you, wow. this is when you get it because then you don't play Portland again uh, ever.
2: Yeah, it just seems um, what we saw last night from the Phoenix Suns, um, they were the better team. They were the better team on the floor. And the T-Wolves, again, I'm not trying to disparage them in any way, shape, or form, but the Phoenix Suns were the better team on the floor, and um, it just seemed so ho-hum for the Phoenix Suns, and a ho-hum win, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it got uh, close for a little bit towards the end when they when they just kind of went with the bench, but yeah, and that's... That's saying something, because Anthony Edwards is really, really good at basketball. the real deal. And and they have Carl Anthony Towns, and they have Rudy Gobert, and they have other pieces. And you're right. When both teams' best players were out there, it was just like,
2: yeah, okay, the Suns are better than this team. Like next? I Exactly. Next. You know, just uh, another win in a long line of stacked wins dating all the way back to last year. And I'm talking about the regular season, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about the Suns and how routine they seem to win games in the regular season. How routine it was. They just stack wins going to, you know, on their way to 64 wins on the season. And... That's how they did it last year, and it just kind of last night reminded me of... Last year in the regular season, even though they did things differently than what they did last year,
0: even though they've been clear this week in particular about how intentional they are about doing things a little bit differently. That apparently doesn't mean winning less games, at least right now, Wolf, they went six and one. And look at the teams you have beaten this season. Yes, I know it's early. So some of these teams are going to look different. I do think the Clippers was the ultimate if team, which I just, I laughed coming into the season. And the Clippers are extremely talented. If they have everybody healthy in the playoffs, look out for them. Yes, if, but if and if and if and if, yes. if John Wall can play, if Kawhi can play, if all these other guys can fit together. Whereas with the Suns, what's the if? They're already this good. That's with, right. with Golden State, what's the if they're already this good? With, with, even with New Orleans, if Zion's healthy, well, even if Zion isn't healthy, New Orleans is good. Exactly. But either way, you're you,
2: saying it hasn't been an easy schedule for the Phoenix Suns. Beat Dallas, beat the Clippers,
0: beat the Warriors. Now and beat Minnesota. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put too much stock in beating New Orleans with none of their players or Houston with all of their players. But those other four wins, it's it's not like they have just played a couple bottom-tier Eastern Conference teams and gotten fat off that. It's
2: not like they've beaten the Spurs three times in the West. You know what I love about this right now? It was so formulaic last year where the Phoenix Suns routinely going into the fourth quarter. Oh my goodness, here it goes. Over and over and over again. How many times we've talked about this, but going into that fourth quarter, and then in particular, crunch time. The last five, six minutes of that quarter and the way they would take games over and they'd lock it down defensively and suddenly there's another win for the Phoenix Suns, right? But, oh, man, by the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. There's something different about this Phoenix Suns team. Now, granted, it's still very, very early, seven games into the season, but Chris Paul sat on the bench during crunch time and the Suns won... The Mavericks game, didn't he? As he they came sat, back. He sat on the bench. Uh, DeAndre Aitness sat the bench with five fouls granted, but he sat the bench in crunch time. And the Suns won. And last night, Devin Booker sat the bench in crunch time. Yes, he had five fouls and didn't return until 24 seconds left in the game when the game was really already in hand. The Suns won the game. They're three best players sat in crunch time. Is that a coincidence right now? Now, once again, I know DA had five fouls and Book had five fouls. No, it's like they just benched their time, best
0: players, but yeah, there, were, there were circumstances, but they still followed through
2: with it. Yeah, yeah. And, and not only that too, once again, even if you got five fouls, so what? Fall out of the game.
0: Yeah, at a certain point, if you, if, it does no good. I mean, there's always that balance, right? If you're going to sit a guy with five fouls and you sit him for too long... Wouldn't you just rather had him go out there and play for a little bit and then get the sixth foul? You're sitting less time that way. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's it's not it's not nothing just because they had five fouls and six wins. They have at times. Felt confident sitting Chris Paul, who didn't
2: have five fouls, DeAndre Ayton,
0: and Devin Booker, and they've won all three of those games, and they've all
2: been against good teams. Yeah, once again, I don't know how many times we've seen DeAndre Ayton actually have five fouls going into crunch time in the fourth quarter. I mean, honestly, I don't know how many times we have seen it. It hasn't been a lot. Let's put it that way. I like the fact they were capable of actually winning a game. They won all three games when they sat their best. One of their best players in crunch time. They won all three of those games.
0: I tell you, Cam Johnson. Last night, I'm amazed we've gone this far into the conversation without bringing up what Cam Johnson did. Seven three pointers. He is now 14 of 28 from three in his last three games. He's averaging over 21 points a game in those three games. Last night, he had 29 points, shot 10 of 17 overall. You know, a couple a couple uh, rebounds, three assists, three steals, a block. You name a guy who's a starting lineup and you want to see how he responds. I'm not saying that all seven games have been like this for Cam. They have not. But, boy, last night was a pretty good sign of what you might be able to get from him. He went what? (laughs) 11th. Cam Johnson, 11th. Yep.
2: Wow. (laughs) Wow, bro. Um, Yeah, you know, honestly, Cam Johnson, this is what you want to see from him right now. I think he stumbled a little bit out of the gates. I know he was nicked up as well. The injury situation early in the season. Um, He's looking healthy now, is he not? And especially over the last three games. We're going to get into Cam Johnson a little bit later, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to get into Cam a little bit more at some point in time as the show unfolds because what he did last night was downright special and what he's been doing over the last three games. Oh, the triangle. The triangle. Mm. More on this as the show unfolds.
0: All right, we come back. Cardinals didn't make a move at the deadline yesterday, so what does that say about where they are and how they feel about where they are? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
2: You might want to pop this off if you happen to be over 50. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm Creed? sorry, yeah. What is this? Yeah, this is Creed. It's I don't maybe feel like I've the heard one Creed. song I actually liked, I think, when it first came out. You, there was a yes. lot of qualifiers on that, I think. Maybe it might be. Yeah, I think so. When it first came out, Creed, look, everybody, okay, this isn't really Creed. It's just. Instrumental it like, Creed? Yes. Yeah, we should put out an album where we just play the instruments <laughs> of the bands. Yeah, or not. <laughs> Wolf and Luke's, uh, I guess not
0: really a Christmas album, just a uh, random tunnel time music without the words. All right, trade deadline uh, is over. We we hit that point in the show yesterday at one o'clock, but you know there was still kind of a not a flurry of moves afterwards. But there were there were moves around the league, so we're kind of waiting to see. Okay, are they, you know, the Cardinals going to do anything? Is something going to trickle through? They did not. Wolf. The the one move they made was adding uh, Camus Grujic
2: Hill. Camus Grudcher Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I, I'm, I'm really going to have to work on this one. I, no, I, no. I, I really am. I was Who was so that, confused. by the way? Was that you? No, that was Rick yesterday. Oh, that was Rick was yesterday. Let me hear it again because I wasn't listening. <laughs> I was getting ready for my big in. Kamu Grudcher Hill? Okay, that wasn't, you know, I, it's Kamu. Grudger Hill. Yes.
0: Look, sometimes you get Gru-Jay. breaking news yeah. with a crazy name. I feel for Rick on this one yesterday. Yeah, Rick, that but Rick was... the way you said it, and then with the question mark at the end, I was like, who did they just ask? And then yeah, I saw it in writing.
2: I was like, okay, I, I've heard of this guy at yeah. least. Kamu Grujay Hill. <laughs> you have um, to say it in pieces. You have to almost com- compartmentalize it, you know? Kamu Grujay Hill. Well, fortunately for you, anytime you really have to say it, Dave Pash will say it that's first. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Pash is going to say Pasch. what, what Pash said. <laughs> Il bottle. Let's see. What, can we just call him KGH? Yeah. I mean, what, how would you say it? You look at it right now. I totally know why you'd butcher that right there. Um, Gear, Hill. Can you imagine? <laughs> They're down there in Alabama saying, man, that there is Grugier. Uh You know, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's, it's a little en français, I believe. Groget. Well, either uh, way, Gruje,
0: I should say. He I, I don't think he's the answer for the Cardinals. Now, he he has had some decent years with Houston. It, 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 Look, I don't know how much stock you want to put in pro football focus. They're not super high on him this year. I'll just put it that way. I think they had him 79th out of 80 linebackers they've graded this year. It's not a move that you're making and saying, okay, we're this close to winning the Super Bowl. Here's our guy. That's right. It's not an all-in move. I'm not saying it's a bad move. In fact, this is typically where Steve Kime does make some good moves where it's like, okay, nobody really thinks much of this guy. We're going to bring him in, and people may think he is a 2 on a scale of 1 to 10, and for us, he's going to play like a 6. But he's not going to swing your season. (laughs)
2: No, he's he's not. He's listen, this guy can play the game. He belongs in the National Football League. He's a good teams players. He he's played um eighty nine games and oh by the way, he produced when he actually started for the Texans. He did. He's got experience and because of that, he's gonna make the Cardinals a better team defensively and in transition with special teams. He will. But it's not going to be like the season's going to pivot. And that's no, listen, I'm not attacking him in any way, shape, or form. Uh, The season was not going to pivot on me, ladies and gentlemen, when I played 10 years. I was going to Pro Bowls, and it wasn't going (laughs) to, it was not like I was going to win you more games. I was going to destroy face masks, but probably not win you any more games. It's a move you make when you're fine-tuning
0: things because you think you have the team in place. The Cardinals are three and five. It's not going out and trading for Bradley Chubb. Now we've talked about it, and everybody in the listening audience—if you are a Cardinals fan or observer—you've talked about it from every possible angle of: Are they still in this? Are they not still in it? Yeah, they're definitely still in it mathematically, especially if they win on Sunday. But are they really still in it the way they look? But is Seattle really that great? You probably could have beat them a couple weeks ago if you were at full strength, but you're not going to be at full strength this year. Like, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different uh, there's a lot of it's complicated. <laughs> way, well, I love the
2: way you just said that, Logan.
0: But uh, they didn't go out and make an all-in move yesterday. No. And, And even that, to a certain extent, is complicated. I don't think that's them waving the white flag. Like I said, I'm not all, I'm, I, I wouldn't have been in on trading their first round pick because that first round pick could end up being a top 10 pick if things don't get better here soon. And there's not many guys in the league that were available that I would make that trade for, but they didn't make an all in move. Yeah. They didn't trade a second and a fifth for somebody. Oh. Um, and so here you go. You're basically saying, you're either saying, we know we can't turn this around just by adding a piece, or you're saying, no, we've got the pieces and we're going to turn it around.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I think the Arizona Cardinals are looking at, um, the guys that are banged up right now and thinking, if we could just get James Connor, we could get James Connor, and if we could just get, um, Rodney Hudson, these two guys healthy, it really would change their season. That is what I think they believe. And it would change their season because it would change their offense. Um, they really think DeAndre Hopkins, of course, and Robbie Anderson, hopefully, this game, he's going to make an impact at some point in time. Um, the fact that he hasn't has, is concerning to me right now. Yeah, zero catches. Not even, no catches. No catches in two games. No, he's been targeted, what, four times, yeah. I believe. Four yep. times he's been targeted. Um, yeah, the fact Robbie Anderson has not made an impact yet, um, that, to me, is a little disconcerting. Because the question must be asked: Why? Yeah, and and I I would
0: piggyback off that and say to me it's not even so much because of what you gave up. It was two late round picks. Oh yeah, that's that's not so much why it's yeah. concerning to me. It's that this was this was your move at the trade deadline, and he has given you literally nothing so far. That's it. It's not what you gave up. It's what he's not giving you, and you need it right now.
2: See, and also too, when I say James Conner, James Conner runs the ball. You can see it. You just see it. He, he runs the ball in a much more physical way, and he's a very good runner in between the tackles, as we all know. We know that's a fact, especially in short yardage and goal line. That's where James Conner really rears his head for this offense. And guess who else does? Rodney Hudson. See, it's right down the middle of the field. That's the problem. It's right down the middle and of the shows. field, and it shows It shows, and now you got D-Hop back in the fold. We all know the passing game looks a lot more normal, but the running attack is just not there. The banged-up offensive line and James Conner not being in there, the rushing attack for the Arizona Cardinals is not what it was last year because of that. Are you going to be able to get these guys healthy? That's the question. It is an interesting thought when you when you put it that way of of the
0: pieces that they could potentially get back and what they believe those pieces could do if you if you lined up all the guys that were available at the trade deadline yesterday and all the guys the Cardinals already have but are hurt and not playing and you had to rank okay who would I want to add to this team Bradley yeah. Chubb would certainly be up there let's, yes. let's not get, but like Hollywood Brown would be up there and Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh would yes. be up there a lot of those guys they already have. But they don't have them because they're not playing. <laughs> and and sometimes, and this is where this team, this is where I'm having a hard time with this team this year, Wolf, because they are doing things wrong. And I'm not saying that they're not, but they are also decimated by injuries. And they really are decimated by injuries. What was that ranking? They were 32nd 30 in terms second. of they are the most injured team in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't even think that took into account the importance of the players that were hurt. There is a difference between your third string defensive lineman and your they haven't had their two number they haven't had the top two receivers together all season. And they haven't had 60% of their <laughs> offensive line for the last last week, and I'm, I yeah. don't know that they're going to have it this week. They haven't had their kicker. They haven't had their starting running back. Like This stuff is also factoring in, and that's where it's tough to evaluate what this team really
2: is. There are four people right now. If, in fact, you're talking about the Arizona Cardinals' ability to run the ball and run the ball the way the rest of the National Football League is capable of running the ball, in between the tackles, for the most part. Yes, they do it a little differently, but we've all seen, when they're rolling with James Conner they're able to produce on the ground. Let me just say this there are four names and three of them are not playing right now. These four names that make the Arizona Cardinals rushing attack work. It's James Conner it's DJ Humphreys it's Rodney Hudson and Max Williams those four guys Max Williams, of course, hasn't been here. He's the true stud tight end that they need. Trey McBride has not been able to fill that role. Not yet. He's not been able to do it. Nowhere even close to what Max Williams will bring. And that's where Trey McBride has got to get better as the Y, the stud tight end. They already got a move guy in Zach Ertz. But those four names make the Arizona Cardinals rushing attack work. James Conner, DJ Humphreys, he's pert. Rodney Hudson and Max Williams. Those four guys made it work. You don't have any of them right now. Don't have, you don't any, have of them. any
0: of your four guys that make it work. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And just to finish off that segment, I, I don't know that you could have traded yesterday for four guys that would suddenly make it work. You do need to get some of your players back. In addition to other things that are going wrong with this team, I'm not I'm not saying that's all it is, but you do need your players out there too. We come back. Who do we think are the best teams in the NFL? We're going to give you our top five next with our NFL Power Pool. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona sports the local sports leader who is the best in the nfl wolf and Luke's nfl power, 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 power. brought to you by ibew local 640 the best electricians in the world All right, welcome back to the show. It is time for the Power Poll going into week nine of the NFL season. Wolf, I know you're a big fan of the Power Poll. you ready for this? I'm going to go first this week. Yeah, you know what?
2: No, I I would really appreciate it if you did go first, (laughs) Luke. Okay, here we go with number five. Number five.
0: All right, number five. I will give them credit begrudgingly. Wolf. Actually, <laughs> this is how you know it's a great football season. Most of the teams I'm debating putting in here, it would be begrudgingly if I do it. Um, I think, I mean, I told you this yesterday. I'll happily make a bet with you that San Francisco goes further than Minnesota in the playoffs. But if we're basing it on what we have seen so far this season, I got to go Minnesota in my top five at number five. They are... Pretty balanced. They were able to adjust and do what they needed to do as that game went on. Vance Joseph was able to adjust at halftime, but Minnesota was too. And at a certain point,
2: six and one is six and one. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. You know what? Our, our power polls will differ at some point in time, but I also have the Minnesota Vikings at six and one right now, at number five in my power poll. Six and one. They are winning one possession game. Games, man, that's what they do. They go out and they win those games. They don't blow anybody out. But that says an awful lot to me about the Minnesota Vikings and some of the characters they might have inside that locker room and the toughness of this team collectively because of the individuals they have walking around. Hey, Zadarius Smith. I'm hearing so many good things about Zadarius Smith and the impact he has had on this team and the way they love to move him around, stack him up, let him attack a center, walk. Walk them off the ball and let them come up the middle. It is it is really really cool to see what they've done Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator for the Vikings, doing a great job. The Vikings six, six and one right now. They're number five in my
0: power. yeah, and they and they have like you just mentioned, Darius Smith, and you've got Daniel Hunter, and you, you've got a better defense than I think a lot of people realize. And they also have. You know to me Wolf the, the the issue with the Vikings has always been okay what's their ceiling what can they really do in a playoff game with Kirk Cousins and I'm probably still going to pick against them in the playoffs depending who they play if I, they I play don't. the Giants maybe not but but you know and or if they Kirk. play Seattle but but you do have a bit of the unknown in a good way with a new head coach and Kevin O'Connell and since he has taken over their 6 and 1 so at a certain point I just it's tough for me cuz I don't think they are going to finish the year as one of the 5 best teams but they are 6 and 1 on to number 4 number 4, four. Yeah, this one's also tough for me, Wolf, because I just don't like this team very much. But man, I respect their defense. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys at number four. They are five and two this season, or rather six and two. Dak Prescott back. The offense hasn't looked amazing. You know, it it, it's, it hasn't looked like it has in years past. There were there was a stretch there where Dallas could outscore teams, but they couldn't play defense. Now they're more defensive. They don't move the ball as well on offense. But I I do. They are from that mighty NFC East, which is weird to say i have them at number four
2: yeah you know i also have the dallas cowboys wow. at number four six and two but everything you just said it's so true that defense is becoming a dominant defense and dak prescott already has got some weapons we all understand that um they haven't gotten their running game going to the point i think they will Believe it or not, they could get even better. Um, for me right now, the Dallas Cowboys, a big question mark in the NFC. What are you becoming? The Cowboys at 6-2, number four in my Power Bowl.
0: All right, time for number three. Number three. Three. Number three, I dropped these guys, Wolf. I I flipped my number three and two from last week because the Chiefs didn't play, and the team I had at number three last week won again, and they're undefeated. So I'm going to drop the Chiefs to number three. I do think they're better than anybody in the NFC. But, uh, you know, 5-2 and two on the season. They added Kadarius Toney. I don't know if he's going to even do anything for them. I don't know if they even need him. But Juju's getting more effective. Marcus Valdez-Scantling is becoming more effective. They have, I think, the best quarterback in the NFL. And Travis Kelsey is pretty much uncoverable. Their defense a little suspect at times when you compare them to, like, the Buffaloes of the world. But uh, I'm pretty confident the Chiefs are going to be one of the last three teams out there.
2: Yeah, I also have the Kansas City Chiefs at five and two right now as the number three team in the power poll for obvious reasons. Yeah, I... how do you add anybody and make this offense more potent? Yeah, the offense is than fine, what they are right They'll now. Need to add any pieces? I, I just honestly right now. Hey, you know, can the defense get a little help over here, Andy? Um, this offense is prolific. Without Tyreek Hill, which I'm a little surprised, (laughs) as a matter of fact, I'm a lot more surprised just how prolific they are, even without Tyreek Hill taking the top off. Um, Patrick Mahomes is simply the best quarterback in the game right now. The Chiefs and Andy Reid are rolling at number three in my power pool.
0: To me, we, we've hit the point of the power pool where any of these three teams could legitimately win the Super Bowl. The number two team is would still not be my pick, but they are... Number two. And they are number two because they are undefeated. The Philadelphia Eagles 7-0. and And Wolf right in the middle of this tough stretch of games. Listen to this. Okay, you go out there, you beat Pittsburgh. Okay. Now you got Houston coming up on Thursday night. Wow, okay. Oh, you're being and Then you got now. the Commanders. Okay. And then, it, did, and then the Colts after that. Did the Eagles finish in like ninth place last year? Like you know how you get the schedule based on where you finished? Yeah. The Eagles are a good team. I'm not taking anything away from them. I thought they were a playoff team at the start of the year, but I I am watching them closely to see how they finish this year because they are running such a similar offense to the Cardinals, and we all saw what happened to the Cardinals last year as the season went on.
2: Did the Eagles play the Cowboys? They have, and they beat them. They beat them. They beat them, them. and that's when I started to to believe. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's why I brought that up. Did the Eagles beat the Vikings? Yeah, yes. I don't believe in the Vikings, but yes. yes. they did as a matter of, well, you got them in your power. I bowl. do, but are, that's because everybody else is letting me so down. let me get this right. The Eagles are 7-0, and oh, and they beat two teams in the top five. Yes. Two teams in the power pool. Uh-huh. Beat them both. Yep. And you're like, yeah. no. No, you know what? Uh, the Bills. Bills. You don't know who I have at number you one. You know who I love. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, okay, I have the Buffalo Bills, my beloved buffalo bills from orchard park i have them at six and one right now a juggernaut of a football team if ever there was in all three phases the buffalo bills at number
0: two It's oh, interesting so you have the best team in the league at number two okay uh all right well then that sets us up pretty uh simply for number one number one numero
2: uno unbelievable
0: yeah it's buffalo they just toy with teams they just—they. I, I still don't fully understand how they lost to Miami. Otherwise, they would be undefeated. I think it was because their players were passing what, what out did you on the say? sidelines in the heat. Who East. did they lose to? They lost to Miami. 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 They lost they a lost. game. Is that what you they, Miami? Miami. Yeah.
2: And it's not even one of the best teams in the league. <laughs> it's not. Interesting. And we're going
0: to be talking about the last time they lost being to Miami in like a year and a half. I don't think they're losing again for a okay, while.
2: Yeah. Well, you don't think, well, you know what? They already have lost a game. So, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at 7-0, and ladies and gentlemen. Beating two of the teams in the top five of the power poll yeah the eagles right now it wouldn't beat the seven other two and oh, number one of the power <laughs> not beating the chiefs and
0: they're not beating the bills all right that was the power poll for week nine week nine of bick's picks is underway so text pick to 620 620 to sign up and compete against dan bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75 inch tv courtesy of corona extra Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. So text PICK to 620-620 to enter. All right, when we come back, what do the Cardinals have to do to get back to a balanced offense? We're going to ask two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks. He's going to join us next for Maximum Football on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Max Max Simone. Simone Max Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com.
1: Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle, Max
0: It is Wednesday. That means Max Starks is joining us for some Maximum Football here for the next hour. Max,
1: what's going on? I'm doing good, fellas. I'm sorry I can't see you guys in person, but I am happy to be on the show. Well, Yeah, we should point out Max is, is on the Arizona Sports
0: Line right now. It's not like he's in the studio, but not facing us
2: yeah. or something. How's your week? Yeah, look? Exactly. How's your week look, Max? I mean, honestly, you, know, you logistically, I don't know how you do it, dude. How's it? How's it looking right now? Well, it's looking
1: cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Um, <laughs> No, it's just, it, this week, because we have, I have, um, UVA North Carolina this weekend. I'm going yeah. to Charlottesville. And Charlottesville, yeah, maybe you guys didn't know this, it's not exactly the easiest place to fly to. So, um, so I gotta leave like first thing Friday morning. So that kind of pushes up a lot of the stuff that I do on Fridays before I normally leave. So, Today is uh, jam-packed. I have to finish up my boards and uh, I have a coach's call uh, coming up in a little bit. That's why we're at this earlier hour. Um, And then tomorrow I've got to get my SEC shows out of the way, as well as my daily duties um, with the Steelers, and luckily they're on. Bye. I was going
0: to say this is your so, bye week, Max. This is supposed to be yeah. your week off.
1: It's, spo- it's supposed to be easy, but you know, in, in the business, there's never a bye week. Luke, yes. we don't get bye this weeks. Is Our football. bye week is- Yeah, exactly. It's football time. So, so yeah. So making the adjustments, but um, I appreciate everybody being amenable to that in my schedule today to be on here.
0: Uh, let's. Uh, I'm going to play this clip from Cliff Kingsbury when we had him on on Monday and I think we would all agree Wolf you have uh, you have asked him why you're not running the ball as much really for about a year straight now really since they stopped running the ball you've been pretty straightforward on this show and talking to Cliff and we asked him again on Monday is there a way to get this offense more balanced because now you can see the first seven games last year hey the offense is balanced and you win all the time when it's not well you've won four of your last 14 here's what he had to say
2: yeah i mean each year is different i mean at that time you know you had a healthy o-line you had max williams you had both running backs healthy you had hop I mean there's a lot of pieces that um were playing at a high level then and each year is different and so you try to maximize your talent and the group you have and, and uh, we'll continue to do that but yeah we'd like to have better balance and a lot of that's been uh due to the fact we've been behind you know late in the fourth quarter and not been able to run it and play on our terms and that's something uh we got to stay on schedule and not be behind late in these games that, that make us one-dimensional
0: All right, so Max, I'm going to start with you here. He rattled off having a healthy O-line, having Max Williams, having DeAndre Hopkins, and having your running backs. And of those four things, all they have now is DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they have running backs, but they don't have James Conner. They don't have a healthy O-line, and they don't have Max Williams. But there's got to be a way to salvage this,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, there there is a way. And, you know, is it ideal to be going up against Seattle when you're down so many pieces? No. Um, this Seattle team is just very efficient and very solid. But, you know, I think you have to lean on that offensive line. You have to give them plays where they can go north and south, right? Damn. You've got to give them plays where they can go and physically beat up the other side of the ball. You can't drop back. You can't sprint left and sprint right and expect a run game to just all of a sudden magically appear like it's not it's there's not a pot at the end of the rainbow here it's it's easy you you, you know just like if you're if if you're making iron right you know or you're putting any molten metal you got to you got to <laughs> melt a bunch of different things together and then you got to pound that thing out till you get the shape that you want and that's what it is that that's what the run game is it's about pounding out and you know essentially hitting your head up against the wall until you can find the crack And then once you get the crack, that's when everybody starts to, you know, leak through. But you have to you have to be dedicated to it. It can't be a sun sun sometimey type of thing. If you wanna be a better running team, the only cure is to run the ball more. The more reps you get live, the better
2: you get at it. Yeah, you know what's been so incredible, too? You go back and you look at last year. um, They were in the top three. They were number two for the longest time in the first half of the season. They were number two in run rate. And remember, it wasn't like Kyler Murray was pulling the ball down and running the ball, Max. He was not. And people were they were all talking about that they were running the football and then going into December as a matter of fact, going into December, they were the number five run rate team in the National Football League. they ended number twelve in the NFL in run right after December into January I mean, How did December and January Think go with exactly. wins? it was an absolute it was an absolute mess they still have not recovered in my opinion, from that. And that's the reason why they've won four of their last 14 games. That's what I think.
1: No, I believe it as well, Wolf, because the balance of teams, the way that they build teams now is outside in. And why do I say that? Or what what am I talking about? It's when you look at the draft – They draft cornerbacks, wide receivers. Then they draft edge rushers and tackles. And then you get safeties and then some tight ends. They start outside and work in to build their team. So guess where the last place that they're looking? Middle of the the offensive and defensive areas. And that's how most teams are built. So... That would automatically say, we're worried about the pass. We're worried about teams passing. So we're going and getting guys to facilitate that, to either help it or hurt it. And that's what, how teams have been building themselves over the last couple of years. So the emphasis on the run has already seen itself take place. But those who continually say, you know what? I still want to be a running team. The guys that they call too old, like a Pete Carroll, Right. Yeah, you know that's where you focus on that. That that's that because that, they know that December and January, what wins football games when weather starts to become a factor.
2: Yeah, and this right is into something. Football. Yes. Yes, Max, definitely. This is something that I want you to watch because, honestly, you know how much I value your opinion and your ability to uh, analyze and your your observations and your opinions about football teams. But I want you to watch this because I think it's changing in the National Football League. What you just said, I think it's going to change. And the reason why is because of all this cover two shell that we're seeing right now. Defensive coordinators are just like we're. We're going we're gonna to make you throw the ball down the field, and you're going to have to work your way down the field. We're going to play a ton of Tampa, Two. This is what we're going to do. We're going to play two man. We're going to play two safeties high. We're going to go ahead and drop three um, deep, and we'll have five underneath and rush three. Uh, it's it's starting to change. This mm-hmm. bend-but-don't-break mentality that is taking over right now, and it's one of the reasons why scoring is down. In the NFL, and what's going to happen is you're going to have to start building your teams on the line of scrimmage to be able to run the ball once again. This is something that I think we should watch going forward, Max.
1: Yeah, and and I'll give it to you, Wolf. Yeah, you're right. It's already happening. I mean, I can't tell you how how much more Tampa two I see from teams that aren't four three. Yep, um, and the prevalence of even invert cover two right yes that's the that's the other one that kind of has been like oh we're going to do this new wrinkle and run invert so we kind of give them a look of two man but yet it's really true zone and we're going to bail at the last second and you see more three and six coverages um so it's already happening and even watching you know the steelers who are true like cover three zone blitz type of scheme they vary their, their their coverages to
2: more of what you're Talking about yes, and
1: it, it is you know Look, they are because teams aren't as, teams don't feel as confident in their run game so they're going to play off of that.
2: Luke, it is the Brady factor. Okay, when Tom Brady was beat, he was beat in the Super Bowl by teams that could rush for and drop. Oh, I seven. remember Giants rush twice for and drop. And he had seven. a hard time with the Ravens Absolutely. in the playoffs too. Yeah. That's what's happening right now. So the premium is starting to go back on the line of scrimmage and edge guys in particular edge guys are the freak guys you want to go get. It used to be corner. It used to be the corners that you wanted to get. It's the edge guys now. It's all about rushing for, and that means your offensive line, you better build it as well, because now the premium is on pass rushers. Now you're just making
0: me wish the Cardinals had gone out and gotten Bradley Chubb yesterday, because we've been asking to go get an edge rusher for a while. Speaking of the trade deadline, which teams got better at the trade deadline? Maximum football continues next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.